the Elevate Yourself podcast is brought to you in partnership with Athletic Brewing. Athletic Brewing is beer that is brewed without compromise. It tastes just like the hard stuff, except you don't get any of the baggage. So no hangover, less calories, less sugar, super yummy, and you can drink it any time of day. Encourage you to check them out at athleticbrewing.com and use code ELEVATE30. That's right, code ELEVATE30 at checkout for 30% off your first order. Do it. Hey now, and welcome to the Elevate Yourself podcast. I'm Rob, and I am thrilled to get to be the host of this show. I feel super lucky. I work for this awesome company called Elevation Health. And in each episode of this show, I get to have a conversation with folks from all different walks of life about how they elevate themselves. It's my hope that these conversations will make you think, force you to change your best, and as a result, help you get a little bit closer to becoming the best version of you. Jack and Jared, welcome to the show. Thank you both so much for doing this. Absolutely. Thank you for yeah, having me. Absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to spilling some tea with you gentlemen. <laughs> yes. Let's, let's, Chewing the fat, maybe. Let's, it's a grilling yes, episode. Yes. Let's chew that fat <laughs> right off the bone. Um, well, first, just give folks, um, Jack, we'll start with you. Just kind of tell folks your personal origin story, a little bit about your background, background in grilling, where you do your grilling, uh, how you got into it, all that good stuff. Absolutely. I will try to keep this brief and to the to the high points. Um, my name is Jack Walborn. I live in a place outside of Atlanta, Georgia, and I've had an interesting career. Um, I first went to school at the University of Oklahoma and got a theater theater degree. And with uh, with that, I moved back to Atlanta, was in the film scene for a little bit. Uh, during that, I had a couple gig jobs. One of them was brewing beer where I worked in a restaurant as well as a brew pub. Um, so that was kind of my first experience to a more, you know, industrial commercial style of cooking. Um, but I also grew up in a very, very heavy family, uh, very, very heavy cooking family. Uh, my dad cooked a lot, grandmother cooked a lot, extended family cooked a lot. So I was just always around good food. Um, and I've kind of continued that um, as I've grown up and have the ability to kind of have my own setup, which is a green egg ceramic grill and a black stone griddle um, is, is my current grill setup. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, Jared, what about you? Well, um, Jared Keith, yeah, I'm from uh, around where you came from, you know, Cincinnati area. Uh, cooking for me has always been kind of a creative outlet. Even when I was a young kid, you know, I can remember trying stuff out when I was, you know, younger than 10. Um, somewhere along the lines that I decided I want to go to culinary school and try to make a profession out of it. Um, but there, you know, probably four or five years after that, you know, I'm, I'm working in, in kitchens and whatnot, but that wasn't really quite feeding my, um, my desire. It kind of took away from the creativity that I used to love. Um, but from there, you know, stayed in the food industry. Now I have over a decade of experience in the food service industry. As I said, I've, I've worked in the kitchens and I've been working in sales pretty much ever since. Um, currently down in Houston, Texas, living in the town a little up north from it called the Woodlands, Texas. And I'm down here selling seafood right now. Um, this is kind of a, a personal passion of mine is the seafood industry. Um, as far as grilling, like my personal stuff right now is I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lazy guy. As the, some of the great grillers would say I'm a, I'm a Traeger man. So 
uh, I, I like the plug and and let it rock. And it's easy when you have two little kids. Uh, it's less uh, less hassle for me for sure. So, uh, but yeah, that's you know a little bit of that where I'm going right now. I don't rock. I don't knock the Traeger, Jared. The Traeger is uh, is a beautiful piece of machinery. Oh, absolutely. I feel it, man. It's it's got the un, unparalleled flavor that it brings out of us for sure. Well, as I said to both of you uh, before we hopped on here, um, I can talk about the Krebs cycle. I can talk about VO2 max. I can talk about challenges in food equity. Um, what I can't talk about is grilling. This is probably the the uh, content that I know the least about of all the episodes that I've had the pleasure of hosting. So, uh, Jack, maybe walk us through your setup that you mentioned. And then how does that kind of your setup, how does that change year round, maybe based off of the seasons, maybe based off of the, the types of foods you're cooking? Uh, kind of walk us through that. Uh, absolutely. I echo Jared, I very much enjoy food as, as the art aspect. So, um, so I, I had gas burner grills, um, when I lived in apartments and just kind of couldn't have a permanent setup. So that was always, you know, something, you know, easy and simple. Um, but then when I got a little bit more of a place to my own, um, I pulled the trigger on getting a ceramic grill, the green egg, which is, it is a labor of love. Um, it, it is not to go, uh, it's not for the faint of heart and it's not for those that think, oh, I've just got 30 minutes. I'm just going to whip something up. Uh, that, that's not how it that's not how it works. Um, there are gadgets and gizmos and, you know, stuff you can do to, to shorten that time. But anyway, it, it goes back to it being a labor of love. My wife actually recommended like, oh, there's these new Traegers. They're really great. I'm just like, yeah, that, that it is. It, it is great. But I love building the fire. I love getting the coal set up. I love, you know, getting the airflow and the temp just right. It's a very much art thing for me. Um, so that's, that's kind of where that setup goes. And then when we moved to the the house that we're at now, I had a little bit more room and I very much enjoy like the flat top, uh, because that was kind of where I got my first, you know, kitchen experience was the, the griddle. Um, so I enjoyed that. I enjoy like the hibachi smash burgers, um, you know, hot dogs, all that stuff gets a nice, you know, cast iron char and flavor to it. Um, again, you know, it takes the time to season it and clean it properly. No soap, um, but <laughs> yeah, no soap. Just like your grandmother's right, no cast soap. iron pan. No, no way, no, no way. <laughs> so you know, you get you get fun with the the different oils and animal fats that all kind of layer in. So it's 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 fun, but I have a complicated setup, as as most people would say. Um, tell us a little bit about like what, I mean, you mentioned it, just, but kind of briefly, like if, if a person is deciding they're going to go that route, they're like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I, I really want to go all in. I want to get it going. Like what is a prep time around for just the standard you and your wife, and maybe you have another couple over and it's like Jack's grill. And then I, how much, like, what time are you starting? If you're going to eat at six 30. Perfect. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll start back from 630. So let's just, you know, for the sake of grilling month, let's let's go prime. Let's do steaks. Let's say we're going steaks and everybody's going to probably take theirs from a range from mid rare up to maybe, you know, some people that, you know, a little <laughs> bit higher on the medium side. I don't per- I, I don't I don't prefer my steak that way. Some people do. Some people say it's sacrilegious. That's yeah. their opinions. That's not me. That's not I didn't say that. Um. But no, so let's say we got varying temps. Um, so with that, you want the green egg probably around 450 to 500 to get a good char cook through. 
ideally the stakes are around inch to an inch and a half. Um, if you're th- talking about like a two inch cut, which I'm sure Jared can get it, get into, um, that takes a little bit more timing and preparation for a, like a steakhouse cut. But let's say it's inch and a half getting the egg going just at around five, very casually, just to make sure that the egg can hold that temp for at least 30 minutes before the steaks are getting on. That way I know the entire inside is at an e- as even a temp as possible. And then steaks are on. Uh, the golden rule is kind of like five minutes aside for an inch and a half steak if you want it to be around a, a good mid-rare plus, um, kind of just just north of uh, of red. Jared, I'd love your thoughts on this too. This is just kind of how everybody has a very strong theory about steak. Um, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll walk you walk you through the same prep with the what I would do with the Traeger. Yeah. Um, but no, and then so you know, ideally, then for the ones that are you know a little bit more on the medium side, we're going probably six minutes aside, maybe seven, because that that high heat, especially if you're closer to five hundred. Um, but the key to steak is always letting it rest. You can't go straight in for the knife. You have to let the steak. I like a eight to 10 minute, especially at that high heat, you, you know, just throw it on a plate, loosely cover with aluminum foil. So you get a little bit of uh, steam going, a little bit of juice. It will cook up. Um, so that's the thing. If you like your steak a little bit more on the rare side, always pull sooner and rest more because it will continue to rise uh, to temp if you rest it like that. Um, but no, and then that way that, that, and then, you know, dinner at six 30, ideally, uh, you know, once I've rest the steaks, you can really rest steaks up to 20 and 30 minutes. If you wanted to like throw it in the microwave, not like turn on, <laughs> just like a contained, put it in there for 30 seconds, <laughs> yeah, put it in for 30 seconds. Don't do that. No. Or like, you know, some people get real hard to like do like towel lined coolers. That's more if we're talking barbecue, but I'll, I digress. Um, but <laughs> That's kind of how we. Uh, that's kind of how I think about a steak. Well, that's fantastic detail and information. I know our listeners are going to love that. And then also, too, that's good to know that. Like, I think I'm always like, I just cook this meal. I want to eat it while it's hot. You know, I I know that I need to let it rest. But that's good to know that you have that leeway of, you know, 20, 30 minutes is still going to continue to cook because I'm I'm with you. I'm not one of those people who's going to say that about a steak, but I, I'm with you on the. What, where I what I want that thing to look like in the middle, uh, yeah. Jared. Uh, you mentioned the Traeger, so kind of talk us through Traeger. How is that different from what Jack just explained, and then how you would your your prep, um, kind of for the same scenario. Sure. Yeah, Traeger is a little bit different. It's a electric grill and it's a pellet grill, so we're cooking with wood pellets. And it's going to, you know, depending on how hot you want your grill, you can go as low as like 180 degrees or you can go as high as like 500 degrees. Um, and but depending on that, it's going to keep feeding it more and more wood chips. Um, and with the outcome of, of a Traeger, though, it, it is just a pure wood flavor, not much of a smoke flavor. As I always call it, some, some kind of grills will kind of give you that, like that dragon breath kind of flavor after you're done. And it's just a bunch of chard and it's, it's you know, it's. I don't particularly love that. And and also my wife doesn't love that at all. So uh, a wood pellet grill is just, I mean, the, a pure, beautiful wood flavor at the end of it. Um, but for me, it, again, as a father of two, family, both working people in the house, convenience has become more important to me than what Jack, Jack said before. I, I, I was right there with you. Um, building that fire and 
getting the temperature right, it kind of talks to the primal inside of a person, at least for me, like being in the outdoors and doing the wood and the fire. But I don't quite have that time anymore. Um, that's where the Traeger comes in, and I can just set the temperature. It takes about 20 minutes before I'm ready to cook. So, you know, um, I value that much more these days for sure. Uh, you know, we were mentioned like the, the steaks before. I mean, I'm I'm more of a, a a low and slow reverse sear kind of guy when it comes to my prep on a Traeger. I I hardly ever go above 225 with my temperature. So um, if I'm doing like a one and a half inch steak, I'm putting it on there at 225. Um, I'm letting my meat kind of get to room temperature first before I put it out there. Uh, simple seasoning of salt and pepper. Uh, and then I'm, I'm just gradually turning it. It's going to take four or four turns, one, one flip essentially. So I cook it for five quarter turn, cook it for another five minutes, turn it over and repeat the process. And it, that all kind of depends on, you know, how thick the meat is and everything. But, um, I do echo the use of a cast iron though so that's where i kind of go in with my reverse sear it's going to cook at that low temperature i'm going to get it up to about you know 110 degrees maybe internally where you can use your meat thermometer to kind of probe that as you go um but in the meantime you're going to have that cast iron inside well seasoned ready to go and you're going to have it piping hot so when those steaks are ready to come off and they're at that 110 you're going to do a hard sear on each side of that steak so you're going to get that beautiful wood flavor in the inside and then you're going to crisp all that fat on the outside um you know and again just repeat what jack said we're going to go to rest it we're going to rest it for about 10 minutes or so before we're serving just great information man yeah. I'm, I'm learning so much this is awesome uh, jack i'm gonna come back over to you now and you, you mentioned your setup you mentioned some of the other places you know when you've lived in different moments in your life what you've used gas grill etc um, and I think you both have given great examples for our listeners, the people that, you know, maybe they are on a time budget. Um, maybe they, they, maybe they're not on a time budget. Um, can I give, can you give folks like a couple buckets of grills and price points? Like what's the kind of the cheapest low end that you would say is okay to make the purchase on, or maybe then kind of that mid range. And then if like, you're really going to go for it. Um, what, what, what do those look like? Maybe kind of like three grill recommendations for folks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the grills I always started out with were char broils, which you can get home Depot. It's normally a pretty solid sub 200 sub 150, you know, standard grill that you're going to get, you know, at least three to five burners on. Um, you kind of just think about that from like a size thing, like, don't feel like you need to get a five burner just cause it's the big grill. Like if you don't need the space, don't get the space. Like I don't, you know, I just have a pretty standard egg. I don't have the triple extra large because I don't, that's, that's a lot of space. Um, so just be realistic. I would say like with your grill choices and like, do you really need it? Are you really going to use that, you know, smoking feature? Are you really going to use the cast iron feature? Like if it's not, you know, you can, you can always add on. Um, uh, the second kind of tier I go with is like, that's when you get into like your Weber's or your Traeger's, the kind of combinations. The Weber is a, leans more towards like your standard grill, propane, you know, easy, easy, clean, easy startup. Um, and they have a lot of smoking attachments now, rotisserie attachments, but those are getting up more in like the five to a thousand dollar range um, for, for a, for a grill like that. And then, then you take that next step up. Um, the Traegers can kind of start to get in that um, like 1500, some, some even go up to 2000, but again, those are the ones that we're talking. You can put 
four briskets in. You know, if you're a person that's going to cook four briskets, then yeah, you're 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 going to want that two thousand uh, dollar that Traeger. Um, but you know, I don't even cook four briskets. That's that's a lot. Um, because like I only get one brisket on my large green egg. Um, and that kind of goes to like mine, which I would say are the more boutique or artistic. I don't know, passion passionate grilling styles um, which is the um, the Blackstone which runs anywhere from, again, models range from 500 all the way up to 1500. Um, but they do, Blackstone does have a really cool uh, dual burner camping edition that you can get for around a hundred bucks. So if like, that's kind of on your, again, if size constraint, that's a cool one there too. Um, I would, I would consider like the Cadillac being the ceramic grills. So whether it be Green Egg, Komodo Joe, I was trying to say there's a there's a there's another one out there, Jared. I'm not sure if you're familiar. I think it's from Texas, but it's a little bit more oval shaped. But those ceramic grills, that's where you're putting in either wood, you know, uh, hard block charcoal, uh, hardwood charcoal and and chunks like that. And you're building the fire yourself. You're getting the fire starter. You have your airflows and dampeners. And that's when, you know, that that, that would be kind of like the the top, top tier. Mm. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Lots of options, lots of options. Um, Jared, thinking the same way, coming back to you, talk to us about protein and maybe some different different options. Um, you just maybe someone's just looking for a, a solid steak. Um, they don't know anything about you know, like I don't know. I'm going to pick up steaks. My wife wants me to pick up steaks. I don't know what I'm doing. They just like what what, what, what should a person pick up? And then like maybe give some other recommendations for some stuff that's a little bit out there, like. I love game meat. I've gotten really into cooking with venison and bison. I know you've got experience there. Talk to us about those cuts of meat. Um, and then I guess the next one would be talk to us about seafood because that's a very delicate thing to try to put on a grill. And should you even put it on a grill? Yeah, sure. Before I get there, the piggyback off Jack's subject there, I would definitely throw in just the classic Weber kettle grill, like the classic Weber charcoal yeah, grill. That charcoal. thing is always around – a hundred bucks and it, it is the most versatile, like cheap and like quality made. Uh, mm. It's like an American tradition, you know, uh, you can smoke on it. You can, you can sear on it. You can do just about anything. So I definitely would throw that in there for anybody that's kind of on a budget that does, uh, you know, want to jump into grilling. Um, but yeah. anyway, to your question, um, you know, there's always, there's, there's so much to go for. I mean, if you have a good market, um, down here in Texas, there's a great grocery chain called HEB, and they have an amazing meat selection. Um, and Texans take pride in their beef for sure. So there's pretty much any kind of beef cut you could find. Um, so that kind of goes into budget. I mean, I mean, you can always go with the chicken, like chicken thighs, I think, and chicken legs are are great, like super cheap options. You get a lot of the meat and you can do so much with it on a grill very versatile like going from you know just kind of smoking it to a hard hard grill just for fajitas or what have you um my personal favorite budget meat if you want to call it that is a skirt steak i love skirt steak in the summertime or any any time year round those things are always dirt cheap and they're just kind of thin and you cook them hard and fast um we can talk about a little cuban meal that i like to make later um going up next i mean you got mid-tiers um Again, it's all about the quality of meat. I used to work for a farm back in Kentucky, and we would raise our own hogs and our bison. And the pork there was just unmatched because of the way they raised the hogs. Um, you know, they were free range, and 
ate acorns and acorns and grubs and all kinds of good stuff. So they had this all natural diet and it produced a, a, a meat that was just incredible. So I will put that on a meat tier. If you can find a good locally raised like pork chop, put that on there. I mean, you're not breaking the bank there and you're going to get an amazing meal. Um, chicken breast, another thing. I mean, that's, that's always cheap and, you know, or maybe go mid tier on that. Just the way you cook it, low and slow. Put that thing on two twenty-five and cook it for about you know thirty minutes. You're talking a way more you know juicy breast. It's going to retain much much of that more that moisture and the tenderness that you prefer. Um, but going top, I mean, you're talking prime beef, man. Like you're talking New York strips. You're talking tomahawk. You're talking those kind of things. I mean, you're putting some effort into it, and you're excited, and you're not going to mess that one up, right? So when you got money in it, you're really going to. Make sure everything is cleaned and, and seasoned per perfectly. Everything's around point. Um, so absolutely. But seafood, uh, shoot, man, that's you can go so many different ways on that one. I mean, it just depends on what the fish is that you're cooking. I mean, is it a soft fish? Is it is it delicate like a salmon? Salmon, I, pre I prefer to cook low and slow. Uh, you can maybe do a, a quick hard sear at, at the end. But I like to do a low and slow on a, on a salmon. But as far as like maybe, maybe tuna or swordfish, something a little more steaky, let's crank it up a little bit and get a little grill lines on there. We'll get, you know, mid 300s to 400 and get some grill lines on there and, and cook it that way. So really seafood, absolutely you can put it on the grill, but it just depends on what you're putting. You're not going to put like a sole or a flounder or something really delicate on the grill. Um, you're you're looking at something a little more medium to steaky in, in texture before you, you know, start thinking that that route. Just fantastic information, both of you. Thank you. Um, Nelson Mandela once said, I, I never lose, I either win or I learn. Um, so, Jack, what, what if you any lessons learned in grilling? Any any major disasters? Anything that you uh, were like, well, I, I learned that uh, that doesn't work and I totally ruined that and we're eating McDonald's or any anything that kind of pops out. I mean, there's so many times that I'm cooking and I'm not even on the grill and I, you know, I just have to laugh at myself at some of the things that I do. Um, any, any big lessons learned that maybe might be helpful for folks as they're getting into grilling? Oh, I mean, the first lesson is if you are ever smoking a piece of meat that, you know, is any of, of any substantial size, like a pork shoulder or a brisket or like even if you're kind of smoking a, like a top sirloin, what's that cut called? I, I can never pronounce it, Jared. Is it a pecan or a, hmm. the top round that's got the fat cap? It's the top half of the sirloin. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, I have to think about it. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's, it's traditionally cool. used in Brazilian steakhouses. Yeah. Uh, that, that's, all, that's all. Anyway. Um, always assume that it's going to be at least an hour longer than, than what, uh, what it's going to be again, like <laughs> most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Meat like that can rest. Uh, I remember when I was first cooking with the green egg, I, uh, you know, when we had this house it was around COVID, so couldn't go anywhere. So we were having a lot of people, you know, we were having people over within safe distancing and masking and testing and, and all of course, um, needed things at that time. Um, you know, anyway, um, so, uh, I was late on like the first three barbecues I did when I was doing like pork shoulder or a brisket because I was like, oh yeah, it'll be good. And then I was late, not because of the meat, but actually because I was I didn't have enough time to rest it. So like when you're doing any, like cooking anything over like five, six pounds, you, it's that same with the steak. You need that elongated time. Like you can rest a brisket 
as you know, Jared down in Texas right now, Houston would, you know, Texas style, which is like, you're cooking a brisket for like 12, 14 hours. And then you rest it for like almost eight. Like, but of course, like that's when you're getting like the very insulated, like normally latch top cooler. That's the easiest, most, most affordable way to do it. And then you just coat it with towels and a little bit of aluminum foil if you need to protect the towels. But um, it's like resting, I guess, you know, to go back to your original question, that was like the first biggest mistake I learned when like I was smoking meat was just took, took a long time. So budget more. Budget time for resting. Excellent. Excellent lesson. Jared, what about you? Have we ever like caught anything on fire? Have you ever like dropped the, <laughs> just dropped the meat and then dusted it and taken the dirt off? Like, what, what oh, are sure. Are? There's definitely times you've dropped it and you just, you know, get a quick rinse. You know, you're not going to throw that away. It's only the outside, right? Yeah. right. God made dirt. Dirt won't hurt. <laughs> That's right. ODB, baby. <laughs> um, but no, that Dax, Dax was an excellent point, especially, you know, when you're first getting into it, a pork butt is typically something that is pretty easy and affordable to try. Um, those last like 10 degrees in temperature really matter. Like you really want to get it up to like that 203, 205 degree mark before yep. you pull it off, off the grill or uh, off your smoker. Um, you're not going to go by your traditional like USDA or FDA, like meat temperatures. Like it's not 155 for pork butt. You need to get up to 200. And that that last like ten degrees, one ninety to two hundred, that that alone could take another two hours. It, it just takes it, it's done when it's done. And if yeah. you're looking, you're not cooking, is what they say. <laughs> so, it's uh, uh, it's what's known as a stall. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the hardest part. And that's that's for sure where you should plan for that extra two two hours. Start if you think you're gonna need to start it at nine a.m. Go ahead and start it at like seven a.m. Because that then you then you're ready. <laughs> Uh, but as far as something I've learned is really knowing your temperatures and how to pair that with your um, with what you're preparing. Um, you can, I mean, if you're going something a little delicate, you might be want to look at a lower temp. If you want to put something thicker, like your steakier thing cuts, like you know your beef and pork, you can work up a little hotter temperatures. Uh, but if you put a, a nice delicate piece of fish on a grill that's way too hot and not seasoned properly. I mean, you're just asking to destroy that beautiful piece of salmon or whatever it is. Um, it might it might stick. It might give too much temperature. So you really need to kind of pair temperature range with the meat that you're you're cooking. Um, you you really kind of bring out the the more of the natural flavor of the meat that it's that's meant to taste like. Otherwise, you're just kind of forcing something that's not there. If that makes sense. It does. It's it's excellent advice. Um, on that point, and this is the last one because we need to move to rapid fire, but. Uh, meat thermometer. I mean, can can a person trust the thermometer on the grill? Do they need? Do we need a meat thermometer? Can I go off of look? I mean, like, what what's kind of your rule of thumb here, uh, Jack? Oh, thermometers are key. Uh, thermometers are your 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 best friend um, when it comes to grilling, for sure. Um, for me, I use two main thermometers. Um, uh, mo uh, both are from ThermoWorks. Um, but I just have a probe thermometer that is Bluetooth for like when I'm smoking, just can plug in and it gives me what's called the ambient temp. So it tells me what's going on, you know, when I'm away from the grill so I can understand if it spikes or whatnot. And then the other is just an instant poke. I mean, you can get them off Amazon, you know, they can range anywhere from, you know, 15 bucks to honestly, some are a hundred bucks. You know, I like to, you know, sometimes you, the $15 one I've had for a long time, it, it works just fine. Um, I think I got it from Target or Walmart, 
Um, but I've also got like expensive ones too, but that's more for the smoking side. Cause that just takes a long time, more temperature variability. Um, but no, the meat thermometers are, are huge because like, if you're flipping chicken, if you're cooking it like at that slower temp, you know, sometimes it can take, you know, a couple minutes longer. You can't always perfectly time it. So like once it hits that 165, like chickens off, like, and, and that way you're going to, you know, make sure that it's nice and moist and delicious. Excellent. Jared, is there any time when you wouldn't need a meat thermometer? I mean, is there any, like with a piece of fish or like a, maybe a, a yellowfin tuna or something? Is there any time that you wouldn't look at it? No, I, I, I always use a thermometer in my, in my preparation. I mean, it, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a necessary tool if you want the outcome that you're looking for. Um, there are, you can, you can marry it with other signs. I mean, if you mentioned fish, there are physical signs that you can see. You can see the meat, you know, contracting because it's, it's a muscle and it, it's, it's getting smaller as you're, you're cooking it. And the more you cook this, it's going to start shrinking up. You'll also start seeing, you know, like a, like, a, like a salmon, you'll see some fat kind of juicing out of the flakes of the size of the salmon or um, same thing with chicken. You'll start seeing like that clear juice. I mean, there are signs that you can look for that's telling you that your meat is pretty close to being done. Um, but to kind of go to that next level, the thermometer is a key piece because Jack mentioned before the um, how you kind of can do a, a carryover cooking, um, mentioning Chicken breast, for example, I like to take my chicken breast off at like 155. It's, it says that, you know, you want to get up to 165, 160, something like that for safe eating. But I like to take them off at like 155 and do a little bit of that carryover cooking. But my thermometer will tell me when I need to take it off, you know, um, but otherwise it'll be too late. So I, I, I absolutely think it's a necessary tool, um, you know, to really get that outcome that you're looking for. Yeah. Awesome. You go back to like pork and pork chops. Like mm -hmm. that, that one, like one forty, like one, mm -hmm. like one forty-five. Yep. That's crucial point of a pork chop. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, you cut it open. You, you want to look for like an Easter egg pink kind of color in there with your pork and your and your chicken for that matter. It's a soft, soft pink. And if you if you get that coloration in there, you know you nailed it. Yeah. Excellent. We're moving to rapid fire, Jack. I'm coming to you first. What's one thing you do every single day that elevates you? Start your day with something physical and not a screen. Love it. Jared? <laughs> Positive self-talk, baby. It's all about confidence. There it is. Jack, best grilling purchase you've ever made that wasn't a grill? We've talked about a bunch of them, but best thing that wasn't a grill? Uh, the umbrella that I currently have that sits <laughs> over my, my egg and griddle. So whether it's raining or it's hot, Georgia summer, I am protected. That's an excellent, excellent. That's picture. amazing. No, I would Jared. just go back to the thermometer, man. You, you can't, like, Jack mentioned, there, I, I use a $15 one. I mean, I see the nicer ones out there. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I need that. That's $15 one I've had for two years, and it's still cranking, man. It's just like, just keep it going. So definitely get yourself a cheap thermometer and make sure it's digital. Don't get a, don't get an old school analog. Or you want a digital one. You don't have to worry about always like, you know, keeping them in tune and all that. Just, you know, get yourself a nice little 10, $15 meat thermometer. All right. Yep. We've got, we've got, we've got a grill, we've got an umbrella and we've got a digital uh, meat thermometer. I love the like, umbrella. I need to get one, one of those. It's so good. <laughs> Jack, 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 it's late summer. What's your favorite meal that you enjoy grilling like late summer right now? What are we grilling? Briskets. 
briskets. Jared. I enjoy that. Or I'm doing uh, whole spatchcock chickens. Like that's what I'm doing right now. Ooh, I'll, I'll, I'll brine the chicken tonight and then spatchcock it around four o'clock tomorrow and we'll be eaten by six. Pros. Making my, making my mouth water. Jared, what about you? I like to go back to that grilled skirt steak I mentioned before, man. Uh, my favorite meal I like to make in the summertime. I just made it for some guests that we had over the other night. Is grilled skirt steak with Cuban black beans and white rice with a fresh chimichurri on top. So I take that skirt steak and I'd hammer it with salt, pepper, and cumin. Crank the grill up to about 500 degrees and do a hard sear on that thing. And that the skirt steak is a perfect combination of that, that crispy fatty and then you put the acid on there with the chimichurri sauce and man it's just it's a perfect combination and cheap to make for sure oh my god i would say chimichurri on any steak in the summer. anything oh. chimichurri is a, is a dynamite little cheap topping jack do you have a life uh kind of first principle quote or a saying that maybe you go to uh during hard times or good times anything that kind of grounds you luck comes to the hardest worker in the room Amen. Jared? There's no way around the hard work. You got to embrace it. You too. You too. <laughs> Jack, coming back to you, last one here. Favorite song, music, maybe it's a playlist that you're listening to when you're grilling. Anything that's kind of the go-to? Uh, I, I like to stick to um, like the jam bands and the Southern rock, like a lot of Almond Brothers. Um, but right now, uh, there's this new guy, Daniel Donato, um, that is an absolute gem on the guitar. And he's uh, he's got an album, Cosmic Country, that is a, a very constant repeat for me. Jared, what about you? Uh, my music's got to fit the vibe. It's got to fit what's what the moment is of that day and what we're all feeling like. So it very much has to be something that just picks that vibe at the moment. So hard to say what that is exactly, but it, it it's definitely going to be the, the perfect little soundtrack to the background of the day. Wonderful. Well, fellas, this has been so great. As I said, um, I came into this probably knowing the least that I've, I've known of any topic I've ever hosted on this show. Um, and now I feel like I'm uh, maybe entering into out of novice into somewhere in between. But thank you so much both for doing this. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having us, man. As I mentioned, I work for Elevation Health, and we've been in business for 27 years, creating customizable solutions for your fitness and wellness needs. That's right, folks, 27 years. And in our 27 years, we've seen it all. So whatever your needs might be, we got you covered. From fitness management and online training to on-site classes and integrated technology, we help small and large groups alike get healthy and stay engaged. I encourage you to learn more about us at contactelevation.com and to follow us on social media at elevation.health.